Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, everybody? It's all-star and World Series champ Nick Swisher here, and I'm stoked to tell you about my new podcast, The Nick Swisher Show, right here on Podcast One. If you know me, you know I've worn a lot of hats in my career, and each one of them has had highs, lows, and a whole lot of learning in between. And that's exactly what I'm bringing to this podcast. You're going to get crazy interviews with athletes from their struggles to their successes and all their unbelievable superstitions along the way. You're going to hear from hometown heroes that are stepping up to the plate and making positive change and influences in their communities. I mean, we've got scientists, coaches, comedians. I'm telling you, whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just looking for a little energy in your life, then Home Plate is right here. It's old school soul with new school vibes. It's the Nick Swisher Show, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. Well, in this show, we'll talk about the uh, evolution of the Corvettes and bring a trailer discussions. Eddie Alterman's going to join us. We'll have a talk about uh, programming. Yeah, Why car shows. for us. What's going on? First, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Get it on, got to get on the trip. Get it on, and welcome to CarCast, Matt Kroll. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello, how are you? Good, what's going on? Oh, just uh, a little post-SEMA stuff, trying to get the, the Mustang Mach 1 running. You know, it's got the twin turbo kit on it. We're having a few tuning issues. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what kind of horsepower are you looking for? Um, I think, so the car is 480 stock. I think on 91 octane, we'll probably put about 700 to the rear wheels. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it probably puts us around that 780 mark. Mm-hmm. It's probably added about 300 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's uh, twin turbos, yeah. each bank, located before the catalytic so, converter. Yeah, they are. And it's basically right off the exhaust manifolds, mm-hmm. the turbos mounted right on the headers, basically. And then to the cats in the stock location because you can't change the cats and you can't move the cats. Hmm. So, but we got, but the way they do is they make new headers and the turbos are right up on there Mm -hmm. um, and they're mounted, you know, kind of down low in front of the cats between the header and the cat. Uh, So you can do it. It's funny. You can do it between the cat and the engine. You can do whatever. The headers Hmm. probably not tuned. I mean, I don't know if you know. I don't know if there's be, a way be like, to know. Like an equal length header. I don't. I it's, don't it's probably think it just is. an exhaust manifold that goes stainless. Probably, yeah. That just yeah. goes right to the 
right to the turbos. Yes, and I don't know the exact diameter of the tubing yet, but it all was their handmade stainless mm-hmm. welded up tubular shorty exhaust mm-hmm. uh, headers, right? Right. Um, and uh, you know, but with the manual transmission, which you can't get in the GT five hundred, so it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. It. Uh, it was throwing some codes and putting it into like a fail-safe mode, so um, the the tuners are going back to it. You can't change the tune that was emissions tested, mm-hmm. but we can fix things like if it's throwing a code or or if it's a bad sensor somewhere, we can we can refine it that way. We can dial that in, but yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, when do you think you're getting it back? Uh, I don't know. I think probably another week. I think it'll take a week because it's just some discussions and then the the tuners who are remote, right? Oh, those, really? Those guys. They can tune remotely now. Yeah. And then they just email the file. You load it back into the handheld device and you you plug it into the car and you know three minutes later, it's flashed the computer. And every time it doesn't work, it's easy to just throw the stock tune back in. The stock tune, mm-hmm. you can't get on it, but but you can fire it up and you can move the car around. You just can't, you know, you, you just can't get on it because it wouldn't know that there's turbos and fuel. So I'm uh, I'm <laughs> I'm seeing the GM is uh, going to uh, shed some light on the uh, Corvette lineup. Yeah, C8 hybrid. Yeah, so it's interesting. So as a brand, there was talk about. Chevy using the Corvette brand and expanding it like what Um, Ford is doing with with Bronco and Mustang, right? They're like, make a Mustang showroom, and you have everything from GT500s and Mach 1s to Mustang Mach E's and and all kinds of stuff. Um, I I don't know that everything is going to be called Corvette, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be several vehicles. And it's going to maybe, it's going to feel a little bit like what Porsche is doing. So we're going to have the Corvette C8. We have the Corvette C8 Z06, which just came out with the flat plane crank and the crazy horsepower, and it sounds amazing. We're going to have, I believe, a hybrid version, which will be the Corvette Stingray V8 mm-hmm. with hybrid, with electric motors and a battery. Mm-hmm. And that'll probably fall in around a 600 horsepower. And mm-hmm. then we'll have maybe a ZR1 version, which will be the... LT7 engine that they're working on, which is a higher horsepower engine with the electric motors, all-wheel drive, and that could be like 850 horsepower. I am um, not on Corvette news, but uh, I had a nice <laughs> visit with uh, Peter Clute, yeah, who's a very interesting guy, serious car guy, yeah, a Canadian guy, did yeah. that show uh, Dream Car Garage. He's great. I just spoke with him, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago. Always weeks ago. wants to go racing, is always, you know, flipping something, you know, getting a hold of something, you know, the Cobra, the first Cobra, it, the everything first Everything has this very cobra. cool version of whatever it is. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not a Cobra, it's the Cobra, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and he gets it and he restores it and flips them sometimes, I guess, and uh, just, it has a, yeah. he does some modern supercars, uh, had a couple of funny uh, conversations, or not funny conversations, but converse made me think of you, which is, uh, we were sitting around and we we're just kind of talking cars and values and what's going up and what's moving down, and, you know, so I started to kind of pick his brain a little bit. And it was funny. He was like, uh, the Toyota 2000, that's not a million-dollar car. That's a pea shooter. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It, it looks like 
a miniature 240Z when you walk up on it. It photographs really well. It's like it's like a Hollywood starlet who's beautiful has beautiful eyes or whatever. But if you see her at the Costco, she's small yeah. and doesn't not buxom or anything, you know. And that's at the 2000s. She's like that's the two. So I said to him, um, you know, he said I'm I'm looking at this car, I'm trying to you know, he's trying to stay ahead of the market. He's right. trying to kind of gauge the market. And you and I were the same when um, when the Toyota 2000 got to a million bucks. I was like, that's too much money for that car. That's not yeah, enough car. Yeah. Then, I, we were excited about the attention Japanese cars were getting, but that yeah. was too much. And then you'd look at the Daytona for 500 grand and you'd go, that's twice the car for half, half the price. So I said to him, um, you know, you know, the car I think you should be looking into because I've always been looking at it. The Jag 220. Yeah. I said, that's a supercar. He goes, I just bought two of them. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I know. And then then it's like we're both saying at the same time, the Bugatti version of that car is, you know, 1.5 million bucks. Why is this thing 500 all day long? Yeah. And then he goes, well, I go, it's, you know, the V6 was always the knock on that car. And he goes, yeah. I know, but the Ford GT has a V, and I'm like, yes, that's me. That's 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 all I've been saying for three and a half years yeah. now. So uh, I then decided he was a genius. A little bit of validation. Well, there, anyone yeah. who agrees with me, <laughs> I, I I will get the title of genius. genius. But I said to him, you know, <laughs> I said I used to love uh, Dream Car Garage. He'd do it with his partner Tom, who passed away, and. Um, I said, you know, the thing I loved about that show is each season they would take a car and they'd take it all the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, they had a, I think it was a 65 Shelby 350, you know, Mustang. Yeah. And, you know, they'd get it. And then, you know, episode one, they take it apart. And episode two, it's heading in for media blasting. And episode three, they're putting it in primer, you know. And I said, I loved following that, you know, through that arc, through the course of a season. And he said, yeah, can't do that anymore. They need the car needs to be done in one episode. And we've talked about this before. And I went, it's a shame. It's a it's a shame that the people that make and create these shows and finance them, produce them have decided that the metronome has been sped up so much that nobody has the appetite to stick with something and sort of follow it through, you know? Yeah. And even though, yeah, in episode three, you wanted to see the finished product. You you did, but you couldn't. You had to come back to episode four where they were going to put it in paint, you know? And episode five, the engine came back from the engine builder or whatever. And it was like paced down, but it was kind of foreplay. Like by the time you got to the 12th or 13th episode, you were ready to see that car be flogged and put through its paces. A good drama show is still kind of done that way, right? You know, an episodic drama, like a, you know, you're watching the, the, you know, the Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, well, we know it's going to happen after ten episodes. They're going to finish the car, and Dahmer's going to go to jail. But uh, it's okay to do it that way. Yeah, I wish someone would uh, that- bring that format back. But it's a, it's a bygone era. 
All right. Uh, Eddie Alterman is uh, going to join us. He's the chief brand officer for Hearst Autos and has got a podcast out called Car Show. It's available wherever you find podcasts. Eddie, you with us? Yes, I am. Hello. How's it going, Adam? Good. Say hi hey, to Matt. Me. Say hi. Hello. Hello. How are you, Eddie? Good. How's it going? Good to see you guys again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a while. It is. Uh, so you're uh, chief brand officer at uh, Hearst Autos, car and driver, road and track, uh, bring a trailer, Auto Week. God, bring a trailer. What a what a success story over the p- past several years. It's a rocket ship. You know, I'm sure you guys started like me following it when they were just sort of aggregating posts on eBay. Yeah. And uh, saying this is a cool old car. Um but now they turn it into this auction powerhouse, and they're doing like a billion dollars worth of business a year. It's um, it's it's nice because it's a real time market evaluator. Whatever, if you got a Miata or the aforementioned Jag two twenty, you'll know right where you're at when you're at it in terms of in terms of the market. And uh, I was early money on the premium stuff. I yeah. I would say to Matt years ago, throw a throw a Goldwing on there, throw a Mercedes on there. What? Why not? And I, the consensus, even a little bit from Matt, was it's eh, bring a trailer. Come on, yeah. you don't do that there. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't. You know, Walmart doesn't sell Rolex watches. You know, and my thing was like, but if people know what a Rolex cost and they think they can get a deal at a Walmart versus a jeweler then then they'll just go in there and buy the rolex you know uh they'll be robbed in the parking lot now but but they could (laughs) they'll they'll just you know everyone knows what a gold wing is it you know it's it's at the time it's you know 925 to 11 so why not and now i mean i don't know what the record is on bring a trailer but uh, they got some, it's over some, three million bucks. Yeah, they yeah, sell some crazy. La Ferraris and in uh, F40s and and Miras and you know big big dollar stuff. It, it, yeah, Eddie, do you feel like bring a trailer is still the barometer for the market, or do you think there's now a bring a trailer effect like there was a Barrett Jackson effect? Well, people talk about that bring a trailer premium a little yeah. bit. I think a couple of things have happened. One in the pandemic. All the live auctions went away. So a lot of the great cars were coming through BAT. Secondly, you know, the commentary, the people on that site really know their stuff. And you're kind of getting like this great pre-purchase inspection on every car. And what's happened over time is that the bad cars have sort of fallen away and people are like chicken shit to even post bad cars. So you get this sort of flight to quality on the site that, you know, despite the name, it started off as this very grassroots thing out of San Francisco, where it's like, here are these crappy cars. You might hear all these project cars. Uh, you want to tow them to your garage. Now it's become really the place to post and, and sell the best stuff uh, anywhere. I mean, yeah, you're, you know, the collections still go to like Sotheby's and Gooding and, you know, that whole sort of, you know, the greatest show on earth, as I like to call it. But this is one. It's not alcohol fueled like those live auctions. <laughs> you, well, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, debatable. But yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it really has become a no nonce 
no nonsense place to to really get a great evaluation of your car and um great cars are on there like at the rate of a hundred a day, and it's it's almost overwhelming. I think you cruise around that site and you start to realize you're like, why are there so many cars that never got driven? Where are all these low mile cars coming from? <laughs> also, uh, the thing I like about bring a trailer as an option now for higher valued cars is it's a little put up or shut up. You know, we've talked to guys in the past and they went, I want two hundred billion dollars for this car, <laughs> and then we'd say to them. Put it on, bring a trailer, yeah. and we'll bid. Yeah, and, right. and we'll see what it's worth. And usually, when they don't do that, it suggests that they know they're asking too much for the car because the 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 marketplace will evaluate your car. In the past, I think you'd go, well, this is a really exclusive car. It's a Ferrari 275. I'm not going to put it on Bring a Trailer. Nobody's going to take it seriously or not enough eyeballs or whatever. But now I would say you put your car on Bring a Trailer, leave it there for 10 days, and that will be the market value of that automobile at this particular time. Yeah, it will be fully priced. And, you know, it's sort of like you said, Adam, it takes out all the guys are like, listen, I've got a 1987 Olds Tornado. I know what I've got. Uh, You know, no low balls. This is really, as you say, put up or shut up. And the crowd has this sort of wisdom to it. And uh, they'll they'll eviscerate you if you have the wrong side marker light. You know what? uh, (laughs) What are what are some of your favorite cars? Just so we can kind of get your vibe. Yeah, race car could be street cars, could be anything. You know, I'm like a 911 dork, and I've had a bunch of old Porsches. But I'm also a huge fan of just cheap, lightweight stuff that you can drive until it's dead and leave by the side of the road. You know, I have a a a two hundred or twenty five hundred dollar limit uh, on cars that I buy, <laughs> and uh, once it's done, it's done. You know, I get bored with them kind of quickly. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I always feel like you put all your resources into one car and then that's, you know, one car and that's one experience. I like to kind of spread it around, but to answer your question, I do, I'm a, I do like the German stuff. Uh, it's hard to find cheap German stuff. Um, I, uh, to your earlier point about, you know, great Japanese cars coming into their own. I think that when we're starting to look back at that era of the 2000s and the 2010s, there's so much great stuff from from Integras to Civic SIs uh, to S2000s, NSXs. So much great stuff that came out of Japan then that I love. But you know, I like um, you know sort of lightweight sports cars, and uh, that's kind of my jam. You know, speaking of sports cars, Adam and I were talking a second ago about the Corvette. And uh, you probably have your finger on the pulse of what's going on with with GM, but there's talk about them expanding on that platform, possibly expanding on the brand. We're looking at all-wheel drive, hybrids, ZR1, SUV, sedan, hatchbacks. What what do you know on on what GM's doing with that platform? Yeah, they're they're going to turn it into a brand uh, the way that Ford has sort of turned Mustang into a brand, has sort of turned Bronco into a brand and even F-150 into a brand. So Ford is this house of brands now instead of a branded house. Uh, and I think it's really smart. You know, Corvette has, I think, a lot more value and prestige than than Chevrolet does. You can command higher prices. And it's about time that they 
started to expand the range the way that Porsche has done. Look, they've got this car that's sort of like the icon at the center of it. And as long as whatever emerges from that or grows out of it shares those values, I think you can get away with it in the way that Cayenne sort of drew on 911 uh, and did this sort of different expression of the Porsche ethos and the Porsche brand. It had uh, the heritage with the 953s and the nine Dakar 959s, um, but they were able to extend the values of that core iconic car into other segments. And I think it's kind of overdue for for uh, Chevy. I mean, I would have loved for them to keep the front drive C7 going and evolve that front drive car and then do a mid-engine uh, you know, kind of a supercar above it and keep sort of like, you know, came in 911, uh, keep those two sort of lines going and then grow from there. So I think it's a good idea. I mean, what do, what do you guys take on that? Do, do you think we'll see an electric sedan like a Porsche Taycan? Yeah, I do. I think it's with the uh, Corvette name, with the Corvette or some of that Corvette yeah. DNA, maybe that, that think, front nose. I think some of it too is when you take a look at some of these resto mods you are seeing a lot of corvettes doing the resto mod you know 50s 60s and they're getting all the money now um as we saw uh, at sema with um oh god what's his name's uh what's the comedian's name it just blanked on it uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin sorry. Hart car. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think as a brand, when you start seeing your brand and versions of it from the 50s and the 60s being a platform for these resto mods and really knocking out of the ballpark and getting all the money, I think you have to take notice. And, and I agree. Um, it's a new world order where we're sort of eating every part of the buffalo. I, it was weird where, you know, Corvette sat around for 65 or 70 years almost with just that's that's a Corvette. But I, I'm yeah. sure they're monitoring Ford. I'm sure they saw what they did with Mustang and Bronco and just I, I mean, went, we're I, doing that. I don't think they could have done it 10 years ago. I think if they can do it, they could probably get away with it now. Ferrari's coming out with an SUV. Porsche has sort of proven themselves with various cars and EVs, and and everybody hated the idea of of a Mustang Mach E being called a Mustang, but yeah. nobody seems to care anymore. That's not even the conversation anymore. Now, when you're cross shopping EVs, you're like, do you get a Mach E? Do you get this? Do you get that? Like, you get a Model Three, and like, it's just it's just in the EV conversation now. So, I I don't know. I think Corvette can do it. And Corvette's earned it, you know. It went from this sort of lightly engineered, barely painted car to a real world beater now. And you know that Z06 that uh, I don't know if you guys have driven it yet, but it's no. it's the equal to any Ferrari. It's got a better interior than Ferraris. It's it's got a better ride. It sounds incredible. It's the real deal, you know. And it's like it's not just like the Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, stripe and tape edition, you know, indie pace car type yeah, of thing yeah. with the chrome wheels. You know, it's really sophisticated and really good. Yeah, well, it's weird because Corvette sort of coasted on their name for a while through the 80s, maybe into the 90s, mid or later 70s. They were 
sort of coasting on their name. They were kind of going, this is a Corvette. And you'd go, yeah, but what what's it doing the quarter mile and how does it handle? And they'd be like, don't worry about it. It's it's a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so they were... It's got a digital dash. Yeah. Well, we had a Ferrari Mondale. <laughs> yeah. They were kind of coasting on Corvette for a while yeah. and now they're using Corvette. I, I mean, one would argue somebody over at, at GM is going, hey, listen, uh, you know, we make a good car. The Corvette C8 is a good car. Are the sales making or breaking our company? No. Maybe the brand itself, the name Corvette, is worth more than the cars bring in every year. So what can we do with that name? Right. right? So let's grow it and grow from there. The other thing I wanted to ask you about as well is <clears throat> subscriptions. This seems yeah. to be coming down oh. the pike, and I, I not, I have mixed feelings about this. It's like <laughs> I, I, I blame Netflix and all the streaming services, but everything is subscription based now, right? The way to make money is don't charge anybody a thousand bucks; just charge them ten bucks a month for the rest of their lives. Like gym memberships were the gold mine on doing this because people would forget everyone would get a gym membership in January, then forget they had it, right. and the gyms would just make. 300 bucks a year or whatever it was on that stuff. But now memberships, subscriptions, either annually or monthly, are coming down going, hey, you just bought an Audi RS6 with 580 horsepower. But if you want 610 horsepower, pay us 30 bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and or whatever the, the numbers are. Uh, everything from heated seats to different features they're all the cars going to have the features and if you want to unlock the features you pay monthly fees maybe you just go into your your app your audi or ford or mercedes app and pick the features you want i'm just curious if you can add the features on and off whenever you want right hey it's cold outside i want heated seats for two months can i unsubscribe later like i'm not sure how it's going to work but yeah I don't think it's been figured out, but I mean, you know, over time we've been owning less and less of the car, you know, from financing to leasing to now subscription uh, features, which I think are ridiculous, except I would like to unsubscribe to lane keeping and automatic braking <laughs> and all that shit that they put on cars Oh, to, uh, the engine. to save you from yourself. Yeah. The on-off engine thing. Yeah, oh, if I could unsubscribe, that'd be the first oh. thing. I would actually pay to turn that off. I, I'd pay monthly to turn that feature <laughs> off. I, I, That's worth 10 bucks a month. It's <laughs> so funny because uh, Peter Clute pulled in here a couple days ago in his rental Chevy. And he sort of pulled up and the car stopped, Yeah, the engine and then he started to get out of the car, and then the car fired up again. And then he was like, oh, shit, because he's old school. Yeah. Listen, and he just I, thought he stopped the car. I walk around my neighborhood all the time. I know you do as well. If you ever pay attention when you're crossing the street to how many cars are starting and stopping, you hear every Mercedes fire up again. I'm like, what's going on? Outside the car, it's more annoying than even inside the car. It's a pain in the ass yes. either you way. You hear them like wheeze back to life, and you're like, oh, my God, that's oh, so yeah. undignified and so, so unmanly. The, the reason why I brought up subscriptions, though, is because what does that do to that bring a trailer market? What does it do to the collector car world? Because how do you buy a cool car with rare features? This is the only one with, you know, if you go back many, many years, this is the only one with the automatic and the 488 gear and the console edition. And like, how do we get that stuff and make cars collectible 
what what happens to the collector car world if you have to subscribe or unsubscribe to a bunch of shit? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't. I mean, I I think it's it's a moot point at that point. You know, I always think about Hemi Cudas, and you know, you could get a cheapish one for I don't know sixty grand, but if you wanted the convertible with the four speed. And uh, in the crazy fly yellow, and they only made thirteen of them. Then somebody wanted four million bucks. You know, it's a I mean? Reggie like, Jackson car, right? right. It's, right. A, yeah. it's the same car. I never really subscribed to ha. that part of life <laughs> where subscription, which is, <laughs> which is, I get why a La Ferrari's a La Ferrari, and a Dino's a Dino, and a Daytona's a Daytona, but. I don't want to look at a Dino and go, and they have chairs and flares, and they're going to charge you an extra hundred and fifty grand for the chairs and flares, Dino. But I don't subscribe to this Dino's three hundred grand and this Dino's three million bucks because there's some options on it. Right. Because parked in the parking parked when you're walk when the neighbors walking past it, it still looks like the same car. <laughs> right. So what you're talking about is the disparity in price, the wide range on a few of these things. But, yes. But walk around, you know, your Meekum and your Barrett Jackson auctions, and you're looking at, you know, similar pricing, a little bump here and there for the big block or the, you know, the certain trim package or, or whatever. Maybe there's a 10%, well, 20% the, premium. This, the six speed versus the automatic paddle, whatever, right. or in a BMW M3 or, or, or a Aston Martin or something, you know, yeah. that's really where the premium comes I mean, in. Right. Even modern day, your E46, do you have the SMG or do you have the six speed? But then what if the conversation was, also, I have heated seats, but the subscription wore out. I didn't subscribe, so I, I may or may not have heated seats. Like, yeah, what is I that mean, due to the Matt, resale that's value, a, that's a great point. Like, what you hit on is that we're moving from a hardware-based kind of automotive system to a software-based automotive system, where all these features come in over the air with updates, and you know. Elon Musk sort of popularized that idea that, oh, you bought the car? No, you really didn't buy the whole car. If you want full self-driving, which isn't real full self-driving, that's another 10, 15 grand. You know, it's just a way to just, you know, chisel you and and grease you out of more money. And it's ridiculous. It's like buying a fridge at Sears. But if they're going to do it, then the price of the cars need to come way down. I think that's what's going to be. Like, if you're going to get... You're going to buy a car and you're going to lease a nice car for $1,500 a month. I don't want to pay $400 a month and a bunch of features. If that's the case, then I want to lease that thing for 500 bucks a month and then add the features that I want. Like Paying $1,500 a month for a $100,000 car with features that it doesn't normally come with, I just don't think is there. It has to come way down in price. Eddie, can we talk about... <laughs> Uh, the resurrection of speed vision, if that's even what we're calling it now. And, you know, Matt and I talk a lot about uh, programming and we love car shows and we have all our favorites from the past. And today's car show, just guys arguing, uh, throwing wrenches throwing at each wrenches, other, <laughs> too many tattoos. I'm really kind of, I'm really disappointed in uh, Netflix. Netflix has a bunch of these like rust bucket restoration and there's a crazy man and he lives in Alaska and he found a piece of shit <laughs> in a, a swamp and now they're going to argue about it. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's a handful of shows out there, you know, can dig it, doing a pretty 
pretty does some really interesting stuff. Yeah. But I there's no there's no vintage stuff. There's no vintage racing stuff. Yeah. I've been screaming about this for ten years. You you go to Goodwood, you see what they're doing in Goodwood. You go to Monterey for the Car Week. You go to Road Atlanta for the Midi. You you see these that everyone is. Everything is growing, a Ren Sport, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is there any representation of that at all on no. on TV? And why the fuck not? It's driving right. me nuts. Um, my favorite show of all time was Victory by Design. Do you remember I that? I love Alan yeah. DeCadney. <laughs> Greatest. Alan a vertical, goddamn a vertical DeCadney. Taste, the best. The you're a genius because you agree with me. <laughs> No, I'm trying. Yeah, because what DeCadney would do, first things first, this, okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm angry now. I just got done watching uh, Million Dollar Listings. I love I love real estate shows. Yeah. Part of what I love about that show is they go up to the hills of Hollywood and they show that you take a tour of a $35 million house. Yeah. The owner wants forty-two million, and then there's an argument. But it's a thirty-five million dollar house, and it's crazy eye candy, mm-hmm. just crazy eye candy. I'm not interested in tours of the house I grew up in in North Hollywood. <laughs> I, not at all. Yeah. Zero interest in that. And DeCadney would take these great brands: Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, Lamborghini, whatever, and he'd kind of go through them, and he'd go, "This is a Ferrari GTO," you know, and you'd go, "God, that thing's seventy million dollars," you know, whatever. It was it was aspirational sort of eye candy shit. And when you and when you talk to executives they're like our you know our viewers can't afford that and my thing is like i don't want to look at miatas i know I don't want to look at miatas i want to look at, at a ferrari i want to escape just yeah. like they do in the real estate shows i i love so much and they're like yeah but our audience can't yeah it's tv that's <laughs> what it's what it's called i i, I don't get I totally it totally agree and, you know, the, the thing about Netflix is, you know, that huge success that they've had with Drive to Survive. There's so little car content in it. It's just about the drivers and the team principals. And there's not even like pit strategy or anything about F1. It's just like the drama of being one of these 20 guys or one of these 10 team owners. And, you know, that's cool and everything. But, like, I want to learn something about the cars. And Decadnay gave you this like vertical tasting of every performance jag, you know, going from the SS through the C, the D and through the lightweight E types. He did the same thing with Ferrari 250s. And you got this sense of like, here's, here are the problems they're trying to solve. It was like a great serialized execution of a really cool story. You know, like here is the best thinking by the the smartest people at the time. it, that needs to come back. You got to do something like that. I totally agree. Uh, yeah, it, it's there because all the events, like you've been saying over the last ten years, just get bigger and more popular. And then we're spawning new events. Velocity Invitational was a fantastic event. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so it's this thing where these events in this world, um, for us, it's you know the vintage 
car world, but the vintage car world covers a lot of territory. I mean, you see the brass era, chitty, chitty, bang, bang with the picnic basket and the wife riding shotgun with the leather helmet. And then you get up into GTP stuff and, you know, up into the eight nineties. You know what I mean? I mean, there's something now. There's something for everyone under that tent known as, as vintage now and it just keeps growing, and they there's no representation whatsoever on on TV that I'm aware of. You've given me a great idea, guys. Hmm. Bring bring a trailer TV. Bring uh, a trailer TV. Listen, one of the best YouTube channels out there is Goodwood's YouTube channel. It All is it's amazing. Is, uh, and and their their Instagram feed is fantastic because you could just be scrolling and you just catch thirty seconds of something of some jag. Sawn at the drifting. wheel, drifting around in the rain, you know, and it's with four inch wide tires on it. And you go, oh, that's 30 seconds I just enjoyed in my life. Scrolling 250 short wheelbases, yeah. smashing into hay bales. You're like, this, <laughs> give it to me. You know, oh, this when best. those events are happening, they have the best social media feeds for a week. It's just the best. And I think Velocity did a good job teaming up with those guys to film Velocity Invitational. So the mm-hmm. footage we got was was done well. So I, I kudos to them. Goodwood is the best. If you guys are not following their their social media feeds just for that for the revival and the hill climb stuff, just watch cars going up hills and, and on the racetrack at the revival. Yeah, I, I was just talking to Peter Kalud. He <laughs> said he just got back from doing the revival. His in, first time. In a Ford uh, GT40. And I was like, oh, my God. I know exactly. <laughs> you know, you could say that to anyone else and they'd go, hey, there you go. I'm like, oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I got to sit down for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. Last time I saw Alan Decadne and uh, Victory by Design, I I didn't even know what what network was Victory by Design on. It was on speed. Yeah, I, I, you know, at some point, you know, I've been to Apple and Disney or whatever, Netflix. Uh, Look, you got some 23-year-old dude who's struggling with his sexuality. He doesn't give a shit about cars. <laughs> and he wants to know where the drama is. You know what I mean? If that guy is the gatekeeper as to whether we get good programming for guys who really know cars and really appreciate cars, we're fucked. Yeah. That, that's essentially what's happened. Somebody is going to have to go enough grizzled guys arguing in the desert about pieces of shit that we don't care about we need yes it's going on all around you show up at goodwood see what the crowds are see what the draw is and 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 all again ren sport velocity whatever you know rolex historics you know weather tech go look at this and let's capture some of this and adam you know it's like you like you've done with you know, with the Newman film, with the Willie T. Ribs film, cars, historical cars are great prisms for human history, for human drama, for technology, for a, a, a historical era that we're not going to see again. And cars are a great way to tell the story, especially competition cars. And, um, you know, I think that piece of it is sort of lost. People look at old cars and they go, oh, it's just an old car. No, there's a whole story there. There's a it's a it's a prism into an, another world. Yeah. So the last time I ran into uh, Alan Decadne, who's a very you know proper kind of gentleman racer type. Yeah. Um, I ran into him at Monterey 
five years ago, and uh, he like had a broken collarbone, <laughs> and he was pissed off. And I said, uh, "What happened, Alan?" And he explained that he was on a motorcycle and he was punted off it, <laughs> <laughs> and he was angry. <laughs> so he's keeping it real. That that guy, like he was. Yeah. He was out on some sport bike, and some dude clipped him, and uh, that's where he was. But he's still showing up at Monterey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wearing the goggles. Wearing yeah. the goggles. Yeah, he'd put the goggles on and hop in the uh, short wheelbase 250 and take it up a, a English <laughs> country road. <laughs> and also, it takes a guy like that who's connected, who can say – to, uh, you know, the lead singer from Dire Straits. Hey, man, I need A to your best. Don't worry <laughs> right. about it. I need your 23B. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Know. And and uh, and I'm going to I'm I'm going to thrash on your 50 million dollar car just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And he did. And he did. That was the great part. Like yeah. you would see him really driving the piss out of these things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, somebody look, I don't know. We should talk Eddie off the air on, on uh, bring a trailer, the, uh, the TV show, because somebody needs to capture that group that's been orphaned. I and mean, the orphan group are guys who actually know something about cars and love the vintage world. Kind of like Motor Week, but just all the old stuff from Bring a Trailer. Oh, just feature that be like, awesome? Yeah, just like, oh, here's my Bring a Trailer picks for the day. Just do like a three-minute documentary on each one of those. Just do Let's a get, John, get John Davis out. Get John- put the blazer on. You know. <laughs> his windbreaker or whatever he had on. <laughs> I love that show. That's oh, the, 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 too. the Motor Week? Motor Week, yeah. 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 It's yeah. Motor Week. It's Motor Week. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was so formulaic. It was the same every time. It was so fantastic. Solemn yeah. footage in the, the Pontiac Grand Am. You know, no. yeah. you just can't pay enough for that. He found the world's rattiest quarter mile to take those cars up and down. I've never seen more weeds just, on a drag strip. But but it just reminds you, like, in that era when he was doing those shows, like, everything, he's like, this is the hottest sports car you can buy today, 0 to 60 in 8.1 seconds. That's right. You know, runs the slalom at 84 miles an hour. <laughs> and you're like, And I love those public television values that they had, you know, it's just, like, so straightforward forward and honest and great it's like yeah. you know that cook's country kitchen show but about cars i just loved it zero it awesome. to zero uh and they go and then 60 to zero stopping distance in a short 289 feet <laughs> with just a little right. bit of smoke from the rear drum as it exits the quarter mile yeah abruptly uh, uh, <laughs> Eddie, uh, the podcast is called uh, Car Show. It's available wherever you find uh, podcasts, and you can follow Eddie Alterman at uh, on Instagram at uh, e alterman one o one o. Thanks, Eddie. Always good uh, catching so up Thanks with you. Again. Thanks so you much, too. Eddie. Great seeing uh, you guys. Thanks again. Okay, let's do a real car show for the love of Christ. Uh, <laughs> Tucson, Rialto Theater. That'll be me December 15th and then off to Tempe December 16th and 17th at the um, well, the Tempe Improv doing some live stand-up and podcasts there. What do you got, Motorator? Uh, just uh, give me a follow-up on uh, on Instagram. I, I posted your 935, and I put the question out there. Keep it Hawaiian Tropic livery or change it to Apple. Mm. And I'm getting more comments than I've ever seen in my life. Well, I'll be so, curious uh, in what, yep. the, what the data suggested. 
Uh, so, till next time, this is uh, Adam Carolla for Eddie Alterman and Matt the Motorator DeAndre saying keep the air in the spare and the fag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.